Hey, hey, welcome back to the Expert Edge. Today, you are in for a treat. I have interviewed one of my really good friends, multi-seven-figure expert business owner, entrepreneur, uh, Jamal Miller. And what's going to be cool in this episode is the way, just notice the way he unpacks his story, notice the way he unpacks his content and how that really connects and resonates with you as you're listening, at, yeah, as a listener. And so he is, he has really established himself um, when he initially started his business in the space of helping singles prepare for marriage, like a really specific niche. Uh, he built a multi, multi-million dollar business in that space. And then he's recently transitioned to really working with faith-based entrepreneurs and expert business owners to stand out and grow their business. Uh, We have a ton of fun on this interview. I think you're going to really enjoy it. Now, before we jump into the interview, I wanted to remind you that we are still in open uh, enrollment for our mastermind in 2023. This is a high-level mastermind. If you are at a multi-six-figure level already in your business and you would like some community around you and some help to scale that up to seven figures and beyond uh, and you would love to work more closely with with me and some other qualified people then definitely head over to colinboyd.co forward slash mastermind the link is in the bio and uh, go and check that out and apply if you resonate with that and you meet the criteria so guys we're going to have an absolute blast today i know you're going to get a ton of value i took some incredible notes. In fact, there were some specific notes. Listen out for when he talks about how to create the name of your webinar or the name of your launch. He has this really cool framework that actually aligns a lot with what I teach as well. Uh, And it's just a really cool confirmation moment around how to create amazing names for webinars and uh, launches, etc., like that. So you're going to have a blast. Make sure you subscribe to give it a, a review uh, when you get a chance as well. And I appreciate you being a listener. Let's get into it with uh, Jamal Miller. You are listening to the Expert Edge podcast. This is the place where experts come to command the stage, position themselves as authorities and scale their business up. Get ready to access your next level of potential with your host, Colin Boy. So Jamal Miller, welcome to the Expert Edge, brother. Man, I am super excited to be here, man. I am honored, bro. <laughs> hey, uh, it's been awesome getting to know you. Where I know we're a part of a little private group um, <laughs> where we get to have conversations uh, quite regularly, which is just awesome. And and getting to know you and your journey and um, the growth that you've experienced in your life uh, has just been phenomenal. And I and I just I can just tell from knowing you in the short while, you know, you're just an absolute stand up dude, and you've seen some amazing growth and profitability and achievements in your life as well. And one thing I love to do in this terms of this podcast is really feature people who are not only successful externally, but they've actually, you know, they're committed to laying the foundations of their values and who they are and their family and all that sort of stuff. And so uh, I'm excited to unpack this interview with you today. So Jamal, um, to give the audience some context uh, in terms of them understanding you and and kind of what you do, um, I would love to know. Could we start right at the start because we're going to explore some amazing strategies you guys you've achieved some incredible things. But could we go back to like the start? Like, what was the your kind of origin journey of starting your expert business and and how that how that kind of 
you know, began. Can you take us on this journey? Uh, I know you've got a little bit of a rags to riches journey. So tell me about that journey or how that happened and occurred. Yeah, Colin. So great question, man. So I come from a ministry background. Um, I started my journey began um, when I was in Bible college. And in Bible college, I, you know, definitely was headed towards the path of full-time ministry. Um, I started, I was a youth pastor at the age of 17. So, I mean, I had, you know, really knew that I was called to ministry at a very early age. And so- So you were um, still in school and youth pastoring like full-time on the side as well. Yeah. So basically I, you know, started off as like a youth intern slash youth pastor, my senior year of high school um, was able to help. And that activated because once I fell in love with God, it just, something just purpose just became like my focal point. Like I went from being a shy kid to being like this very confident, secure, everybody needs to know God. And I ended up helping to lead about 300 of my classmates to Christ through a Bible study we created our senior year of high school. And I knew, I was like, I want to dedicate the rest of my life to helping other people find God. And so that was the beginning point. So I go to Bible college immediately my first year, I enter into youth ministry while I'm in Bible college. Cause I'm like, what better place to practice what I'm learning than being in youth ministry. And then from there, um, man, I took another youth ministry position after college in Chicago, no friends or family. And my origin story was very much once I got to college, I mean, got to Chicago, I'm out of school. I'm now in my first like paid position for youth ministry. And I'm like, God, where's my wife? <laughs> like, God, I mean, you've done it all for me, man. Like, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm so grateful that you positioned me for purpose. I'm in a great position to do what you've called me to do. I'm in an amazing city that has so much more opportunity for me to, you know, really fulfill this call. I've got my own, you know, apartment, God. Like, I got my own car. Like, God, I have all the things, but I'm missing her. Like, where is she? And man, you know, I thought the Lord said to me, Jamal, you're so focused on getting married. You have no idea what it takes to stay married. And I come from a background of broken, tra traumatic home up upbringing. And man, when, when I felt that, it really hit me to a place of like, okay, I got to figure this thing out. So as a single man, I spent two years reading marriage books, going to marriage conferences, spending time with married couples. And I had no idea that I was developing beyond just me learning how to be a husband, bro, this would become the framework of a season that would advance eventually, you know, I would say it's probably about three, four years later that I end up launching an online business helping singles. Now, the way this happens is basically I spend those two years investing in my understanding of marriage, end up finding my wife on Facebook and complete strangers. Uh, we wow. meet on Facebook through a Facebook group and talk about the call to the internet. It's, you know, I mean, it really began on the internet for me in all these ways. And so we start this, um, you know, we start getting to know each other online and then that transitions to a Skype call. And then that transitions to eventually us meeting in person. And then, you know, the rest is history. Um, and so, man, once we meet and, or not once we meet, once we get married, we had people dialing into us because people were curious about how we met. So I'm like, babe, let's just put out a YouTube video to just tell them the story. So we put out a YouTube video we called the Facebook love story. We had no idea, man, that that story <laughs> would go viral. And that was our beginning point of- When you say viral, like what did that look like when it well, started to blow up? Bro, I mean, I'm used, I mean, we never even did anything YouTube. So for your, your first video out and it gets 40,000 views, that's, I mean, 
that was viral for us. So it was like, totally. okay, this is definitely different. And people are commenting below like, hey, this is amazing. Oh my God, this is so encouraging. And that's when we got the idea that we needed to do something online. I, I always, I mean, this is such a good example of the power of a story. Yep. Uh, of that, you know, like people, a lot of people don't understand how much their story can actually convert people into their programs. Now you didn't 100%. even have a program at that point. Like no. you, you were just kind of sharing your story. Um, but you can see how, like, even as listeners, I'm listening to this, I'm going, obviously I am married, so I'm not looking for this course, but, but if I wasn't, I would be listening to that going, oh my gosh, what was the secrets that he used? Um, so that's, that's really cool. In terms of when you first started your business, your expert or online business, um, what were some of the pivotal points that made the difference for you of, of actually getting like momentum with that? And, and what, you know, what did that look like at the, the first start of your journey? Man, such a good question because it definitely was a roller coaster ride. And I know for some of you that are listening, you guys are all trying to get what Colin just said, momentum. And it's so easy to look at everybody else who has momentum and try to do what they're doing when potentially they're in a different season. And so I know in the season of beginning, it took a lot of just experimenting because what you're looking at is a lot of people who've already experimented and they figured out their thing and now they're just doing it versus you've got to give room for experimenting in order to find a thing that's going to work for you and when you're first getting started, which is going to be tasting and touching a lot of different concepts, a lot of different things. And so for me, Colin, it was, you know, we started off, we did an online, our first real revenue product was an online conference and we did this for married couples because our brand was called married and young and at the time we were serving married couples dating couples engaged couples and singles so we did a marriage conference called sex without sheets because that was the only thing I knew how to do was bring people together in a two, three day summit environment. So we did that and we made about $13,000, right? So that was like, I mean, not life-changing money, but it definitely was like, okay, like we're on to something here. You well, know, that's and like, I, that's half, that's half a year's wage as a, as a youth pastor. So brother, I would take it, you know, and at the time <laughs> we were struggling, right? Yeah. So that 13,000 turned into us saying, okay, what if we did an online conference for singles, right? So this is what I know how to do. So we experiment again. We do it for singles, $40,000. Now we're talking some money because I was able to then quit my job that I was working. And at this time we were, you know, struggling. We were on food stamps. And so I was just trying to do my best between working my day job, you know, nine to 12, driving Uber from 12 to four, and then coming home, working my business from like six to like 11. That was like my life for about a year while we are experimenting. So when I tell you guys out there that are like, yo, I just feel like it's not working for me. You just got to be okay that it just takes time, right? Mm -hmm. And so, man, I don't, I would say like that will be the biggest thing for us was just trying out different things and building momentum. We went from doing online conferences to then figuring out how to build a digital course. At this time, mm -hmm. we our online conference, we actually charged for it. So we weren't selling a digital product. We were just selling tickets to an online event. Right. Then we figured out digital course, and then we started selling that. And I started doing a webinar every single week. Now, Colin, do you want to know how much I was selling the digital course for? Bro, $97. And I like, yeah. that was it. $97 every week. That's where my, that's where my confidence level was at. Right. And we were doing about three, 4,000 a month. Once we started doing that every single week, right. running my own ads, 
And then things did not take off until we launched our membership site. Hmm. And once we launched the membership site, that's when things exploded. And what did that look like? With the explosion or the membership site? More like the, the transition of, so you're selling one-off $97 transactions. Yep. And then you've, you've changed your model of delivery to like a continuity yeah. Um, and the membership site. And well, one thing I want to reflect on, which is, I think, really valuable, because I know I went through this journey, is is testing different niches. So I know for me, I've, I've worked with executives, I've worked with career, people in like, they want to advance their career. I've, I've worked in life coaching. I've like, I've worked in middle management, like individual performers. I've worked in so many different niches. And it, and it, it actually took me about seven years or eight wow. years to work out the niche that I'm in now that I feel most comfortable and excited about. But I would say it was, I mean, for me, it was that journey of the seven years that laid the foundation to be able to do the niche that I'm doing now. So but, it, but I, but I really feel like similar to you, like I, I tested a few different niches are kind of, I, to use the, your phraseology, it, I dated them. <laughs> I dated, dated them for a while, right. To yeah. like test them out, see if it was working and eventually found the niche that I'm in now. Um, so what I'm hearing you saying is that like, if, if it's not working, like test a different niche. And, and it sounds like you had a similar sort of concept, which was around relationships. Like that was like the vehicle, but you tested it in different, different niches. Is that kind of how you did it? Yeah. So I would say we started off trying to serve everybody right in our, in a relationship niche, right? It was married couples, dating couples, engaged couples and married, I mean, singles. And then finally someone was like, Jamal, you are running four different businesses. And I'm like, what do you mean? We're trying to help everybody have relationships God's way. They're like, brother, you, you got married. People got the problem of they're trying to stay married and not bite their spouse's head off. Man, we would have couples emailing us. He's sleeping in the car tonight. I don't know what to do. Like, I mean, so that was like married couples. Right. And then you got engaged That's customer couples. service. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. They're engaged couples are just trying to make it to the wedding day without <laughs> freaking losing all their money. And then you have dating couples are just trying to figure out, am I dating the right person? Mm -hmm. And then singles trying to figure out how to find the person. He's like, those are four completely yes. different problems mm -hmm. that you're trying to solve. And you aren't going to get traction if you're trying to solve all four at the same time. Hmm. You need to pause on those three. If you want to come back to them, great. We never did, by the way. Focus on one. And I'm like, well, okay, which one should I focus on? And that's when we just went in and kind of surveyed who are the ones responding the most to us. Hmm. Everything, which to your question of when do we get traction? We got traction when we got super clear about who we were serving and then went all in, which was singles, helping singles to prepare for marriage. Once we clarify that, everything changed. That's cool. And then we launched the membership to bring, okay, how do we create a community to bring all these member, all these people together and now serve them on a deeper level? Yeah. So, I mean, this is just, once again, it's, it's like that evidence of, there's always that fear of if I niche down and focus more narrow, I'm going to make less money or have less traction, but it's always like 99% of the time, the opposite is yep. you get a lot more traction if you niche down. And I know that was my journey as well. And it's scary to niche down um, to, to like, to like, tell me about that decision for you. Like when you, when you were looking at niching down, did you have to wrestle with that challenge of I'm, we're not doing as much and stuff like that? Now, and now definitely being a coach to other entrepreneurs, I, you know, walking people through the journey of finding that, cause this is probably, and we're trying to develop, 
frameworks to help people to do this. But there's parts of this, man, you you just can't content somebody through it. Like they themselves have to work through this journey because it's so much of a discovery than it is a just a aha. I feel like it's a discovering of who you are, discovering mm. your identity and everybody's at different places in that discovery process. So for one person, it can be six months. It, one person could be a year, three, like for you, it was seven years, right? So I definitely would definitely say it was very challenging, but here's where you would know you're hit, you're getting close is when it feels a little bit scary. You're like, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't, because big niche, big niches are comfortable because mm. you know, you can't miss. Cause you're just like, I'm gonna hit something. You know what I'm saying? Like if I just toss that dart, I'm gonna, it's my target is so big. I'm gonna hit something. So that brings a little bit of comfort, but when you narrow that target down, you're like, Whoa, time out. Am I, am I going to hit it? Is it, am I going to do it right? And it, now that's when you are marching into a territory that may be the niche you need to work on when it feels like you potentially could miss if you don't hit it because you've so narrowed it down and so specific. And, um, and I would say, because we were like, man, are we going in with singles? Is this going to work? Are they going to be wanting this? Are they, you know, versus man, the moment we did that, everything just took off. Hmm. That's so cool. So you launched your membership um, site. What did, what did that look like? You went from the $97 product and you launched the membership site, because I think a lot of people struggle to launch memberships. Like the idea of them is really cool mm -hmm. to sell a membership is a whole different beast. 100%. So tell me about like some of the learnings you've had in selling your membership and so forth. Yeah, man. So, I mean, we, I don't remember six figures. That's what I tell people all the time. I remember being broke and I remember going to seven figures. It was like so quick because the membership mechanism for us was just so magnetic for our people because they were so craving community. So here's what I also always say when we're suggesting product types to people, you need to really consider more than just what's working for the other entrepreneur. You've got to consider your market and you've got to consider yourself. Not everybody, I believe, is fit to do membership. Just because it works for them doesn't mean it has to work for you. There are so many ways to make money online, right? But the membership worked for us because I think we come from, me and my wife have a pastoral, right? Where we just have a deep mm. care for bringing people together, right? And yes. we do that naturally. Number two, I think it worked extremely well in our market because singles were already lonely, right? Mm. They're already feeling this sense so of, I true. don't have anybody. So how do I bring this, but I don't believe that was just for singles. I believe that loneliness factor is just something that's happening in our culture in a big way right now, because I think the stat is about 80% of people at some point in their life feel a, a sense of loneliness. And, and now we're moving into a world where, you know, with the digital age, you're online and you're just scrolling, 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 but never feeling seen online. So by creating an online community, it creates a safe place for you to feel like online, I have a place to go where people know me. So there's just so many alignment pieces for what, for, a, for what I would say that when you have two problems you're trying to solve, right, you have the external problem of, I want to help them get married. That's the external problem yeah. that we were serving singles with. That's the outcome that they are fixed on. But then there's this internal problem that they don't talk about, that they don't even know exists. And when you can figure out the internal problem and you know the external, my friend, that's when things get super real in regards to your marketing just blowing up. And that's what- we How do you describe that in your marketing? I think that's very profound what you talked about. Yeah, so for us, it is like, you know, I think the idea is really seeing 
like the way I kind of put it for our people is when you are looking at the internal problem, it's the thing that is keeping them up at night, right? Like that's the thing, like I try to find is like, you know, at the end of the day, what's the thing that they're thinking about at night that like, for me, it's, yo, for a single person, the person is not in this bedroom, like with me, like there's no one sleeping with me. How that's that. And then what is that root feeling? That root feeling mm-hmm. is loneliness, right? That root feeling. Then it may be for someone else. They're thinking at night, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to pay the bills? Am I going to be able to meet the bills? Okay. That's a, the external problem is money, but the real thing is security. Like the real thing is, is a plan. It's like, they don't know how they're going to make it. So it's being able to see the external problem, but then connecting it to an internal issue that honestly, the external thing could solve it. But is there a way for you to solve it even before you get to them to the external thing? Cause we were able to solve the loneliness factor. They thought they needed money, but what you really need is relationship. I know they think they needed marriage, but what you really need is relationships, Mm. right? Like same thing for entrepreneurs. You think you need money, but what you really need is just a plan to get the money. If you can see the plan and get clear on the plan, then this now begins to eliminate the anxiety, you know what I'm saying, that you're feeling. So these are some of the things that, and this opens the door, honestly, bro, we're getting into even more strategy here of creating products that do solve the internal problem. You know what I'm saying? And thinking mm-hmm. that in line, that thinking that alignment of how can I solve the internal problem as well, speak to and solve the external problems. Mm. I guess like that old adage of, you know, sell them what they want, give them what they need. Um, and a good product should do that. And so do you, do you think about when you're thinking about your marketing, because you, you, you have a, you definitely have like a, obviously like you, you have a very magnetic communication style, magnetic brand, magnetic style of what you do. When you think about your branding and and attracting the right type of people to you, what are some strategic decisions that you've made made over the last, you know, couple of years that you feel like has elevated your brand or elevated your, your, um, yeah, your irresistibility in the marketplace? Yeah. So I would definitely tell, and I say, this is probably one of the greatest currencies in marketing that we don't really value in regards to the ability we talk about no like and trust and we use that all the time but how do we really activate that process of people knowing us liking us and then trusting us if you really want to get to that level of trust what we think trust comes through is the broadcasting of all my successes broadcasting all of my victories showcasing everything that I've been able to do but what really gets people to trust who you are that I would say and I'm walking you through this because I really think people really struggle here is we minimize the mistakes that we make in our journey. We minimize the places and the moments where we've messed up. We minimize the times that we missed it. And I can tell you right now, people value that part of your story even more sometimes than they value the success, the breakthrough, the big aha. They want to hear, where have you been? And I think that's been the thing that we leveraged to really draw people in is not just sharing, hey guys, hey, listen, let me tell you about the time when how I met my wife on Facebook. No, let me tell you the two, three years before I met her, what I had to go through to get to her. Like when you can be vulnerable, and that's the key thing there that I would tell you, me and my wife have just tapped into that secret weapon of vulnerability and transparency in a way that I think a lot of people just naturally don't want to do because it just feels so different. And you almost will say, I don't want them to judge me. I don't want them to see me as 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 less than or as weak but truly i tell you your strength is in your weakness and 
I believe that's what we were able to do. And so we were able to really take our story and help singles find their own strength by showcasing our weaknesses and what we went through. And then, man, that just erupted it. And then not only that, I would definitely say we taught our students how to do that as well. Let me explain. So we, Matt, bro, like when we would do our big launches, we would showcase documentaries to the level of like, you know, one of our students gets married, like we would like fly in, I would perform the wedding and we would have a camera there. And we would really showcase like the journey that this person went through. Cause now it's got to go from y'all believe in me and Natasha, believe in all these others that are doing it and now experiencing success and life change. But we want you to hear what they had to go through to get to this point, because you guys want marriage, but you don't want the process. How do we bring value to the process? And that's that vulnerability piece, man, that really, I would say was a secret weapon for us in our marketing. Mm. When you think about sharing something vulnerable, how do you make the decision of like what to share and how to share it? Man, that's a really great question. I would say for me, it always comes back to, and I just, this is my personal place of just like, is this piece going to give someone else clarity? Like I'm thinking like what part of my story immediately would they be able to say, oh my gosh, he's talking to me. Oh my gosh, she's talking to me. I'm experiencing that right now. And we don't really think, man, how much our story really does help us to align to our perfect avatar. And I think like- hundred oh, percent, yeah. Oh my goodness, man. Because like, that's where you can be your most authentic self is when you're talking to someone who sees themselves in you. And I think that's for me where I'm constantly always trying to weave in and out of my story to keep in focus the ideal avatar that we have been able to learn is the person of like, okay, I'm talking into that 34 year old single woman who has all the accolades. She's got the degree. She's got the job. She's got the car, got the house. And she's asking God, what about me? Did I do something wrong? If y'all remember what I said in the beginning, that was exactly what I was saying to God. God, I've done it all. God, I got the job. I dated well. I've loved you. I mean, I mean, I loved you well. I'm not out here fornicating, doing crazy, bunch of crazy stuff. God, and what I ended up learning, bro, was I began to treat God like a fairy tale, like he was my vending machine, like he was my, hey, I put in a quarter, I should get my bag of chips, where's my bag of chips, and these are all things that I pull from my own journey, so me pulling those pieces of my story, and now aligning it with my avatar, bro, when I tell that story, every single time, the people who are called to be in our programs, they run in, there's no questioning, <laughs> because they're like, he gets me, he gets me, yes. and then let my wife tell her story, and it's like, oh, she gets me, they get me, I these are my people, mm. and man, it just makes marketing so much more real and integral and authentic than feeling like, I, I never, ever have I ever felt like a salesman, um, mm. because I really do believe great marketing makes selling superfluous. I really do believe when you market right, bro, like people just, they, they jump in because you've been able to set it up so well to where people just truly trust who you are as a person. Yeah. It's not like you're pressuring them to buy that. They want to buy, they want to join um, because you're what they've been looking for. I, you know, I've heard people talk about vulnerability a lot and um, yeah, I really like the way you framed that. I think that's, that's like super powerful in terms of your launches. Uh, tell me about 
what launching is looking like for you, um, you know, now and what you're kind of looking like in terms of, cause you've run some really big promotions, you've grown your audience quite significant. What, what are some of the lessons that you've learned about launching, promoting well, um, maybe over the last 12 months or so coming into this year that you're going to be applying? Yeah, great question. So for us right now, we've done, you know, I think right now we're, you know, somewhere around, you know, five, five, seven figure launches that have done, you know, over a million dollars. Our biggest one was 3.2. And the journey that we've learned is definitely um, pre building the journey. I think a lot of when I say pre-building, pre-facing, pre-selling, pre-serving, you know, and just not being scared to really nurture well, Mm -hmm. you know, that runway is so important when you're going into a launch moment of being able to truly establish a firm foundation, whether that be through a podcast, whether it be through email, whether whatever your method is, choose one to go deep. And really, I think right now, the big thing that we're seeing with social media is where everybody's having to spread themselves and try to reach everybody on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram. And we're so spread that you potentially lose out on going deep. And I've told my team, I'm like, hey, guys, yeah, we're going to be spread, but we've got to still know what our core place is. So that's been number one with launching is having that runway and knowing where you're going deep with people. Number two. It's definitely knowing your numbers. Um, I think once you go beyond the relationship aspect, when I say relationship in regards to, I believe there's like, you know, like the psychology and understanding the behavior of your people and dialing in with them. It's just, man, launches. In order to do them well, you've got to know your numbers. No more of the days where you can just go out into launching and not be super clear. So what we're doing right now is we're doing a lot of experimenting before the main launch, the big launch, when we're calling, basically everybody knows the term internal launch, where we are testing testing out our numbers, testing out the market, because we're seeing Facebook changes, CPLs change, all these different things. So can you do a pre-launch, an internal launch, run that launch, maybe segment out to your list or run just to a certain group of people to really test everything out, see what your CPLs are and make sure you're super clear what your cost acquisition numbers are and then know how much you can spend. I believe the the, the separation between marketers and successful marketers right now are going to be those that understand their numbers and they know how much they can successfully spend on that launch and still be able to be profitable on the back end. And I think a lot of times right now, everybody's just trying to make as much money on the front end versus really being able to know what is the relationship between my core offer and my back end. One of the things that we're even doing is can we be very strategic with having, you know, the concept of tripwire, something in the front end that does break up that cost of the cost of advertising and being able to, you know, really accelerate how much we can invest in the advertising piece by having that self-liquidating offer. So that's kind of our third big test there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as well, the big thing is number four, I would say for everybody that's in this one is after your launch is over, really experimenting with a very strong downsell, something mm-hmm. that you see people where you went at it at 2K, whatever that price point was, can you offer at the end something that's $99, but then loop those customers right back in for a last time opportunity and say, hey, I saw you purchase my the down sale. Hey, I think you're perfectly positioned to try this product out again and come back at those people again with an opportunity. So I just gave, I'm just giving you a lot of different that's like great. tactics, man, things that we're doing in our, you know, you just, 
at this point now launching is becoming a very sophisticated game that you have to play well and um but we can still win at live launching and we still believe in live launching we believe live launches really are the connection point for creating movements in your market that's the concept that i really love to see when someone does a live launch and they do it well and they do it well in their market it creates a movement where it ripple yeah. effects and really it is establishes you yeah I, I i think of it like it's like this yeah this big like swell that you create in your marketplace um because i mean evergreen launching is great like there's there's a level of scalability and consistency that it brings but i think that i think every business in the expert space should at least have one big live launch a year because it just builds i mean in my mind it builds brand as yes. well like there's something about that intensity of energy yeah. of where people go oh who's this jamal guy like they didn't notice you before because you were kind of like you know you know just nice. soft launching the whole time but it's like and then you just go kaboom and you do like a bomb into the pool and it's like dude who's this jamal dude right like they kind of notice that i'm curious in terms of mechanisms what are you leaning into this year um is it a combination of like a challenge with a webinar on the back end is it a three-part training series is it like what are you kind of like looking into testing and trialing Great question. So this is, I mean, I'm a, I am, I try my best to be a practitioner. And when I say a practitioner, someone that's constantly experimenting different ways and different concepts. And so, um, previous years, it's been the five day challenge, right? That's been like our main mechanism. Um, we have a, 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 a challenge we do called pray for your future spouse. We do that once a year and the most leads we've gotten for that challenge is right around 90,000 leads. Um, you know, and so that's been our, one of our most I would say successful mechanisms, but in the entrepreneur space, because it's everybody's doing challenges and everybody- So can we just press pause here? The title of your launch is pray for your future wife. No, future pray spouse. Future spouse. So what I just want to kind of unpack here is because I think that the quality of the title of the webinar or the wow. launch Bro. determines the quality of the leads you get. 100%. And if you look at the name of that thing, pray, so you're obviously going to get people who are faith-based Christians who are your audience, and then future spouse, they're going to get people who want to get married or want to, you know, be in a relationship. So it's like you're attracting the perfect avatar um to the to the audience, right? Um so uh is that kind of what you're thinking behind it? Obviously. Oh, 100. You're, you're geeking out. Cause this is where I love to geek yeah, out. I love this stuff <laughs> is in naming mechanisms and naming conventions. So with our students, we do our very best to break down just the concept of naming your challenge or naming your webinar. How, what are the, what's the framework there? And then even in naming your product, I believe you've got to be able to name your product to where people can visualize and feel the success that they're coming into from your product. But you marry two worlds, you're marrying a unique world and a familiar world in your product. So there's a lot there. So the same thing when it comes to naming your challenge, naming your webinar, I'm very much can a person visualize what they're desiring in your name so that your challenge already sells itself. And 
when you come out on that Facebook ad and they're seeing it and they just hit your registration page, you're like, I need that. I want that. You know, not just a bland how to name, like how can you come up with something that's like really unique and different? Cause here's what I've learned, right? If you're in a crowded market, which a lot of us are, right? Everybody's, yeah. everybody's already doing what I'm doing. Hmm. The only way for you to win in a crowded market, is not to be better. That's the, that's the, that's the thing that we think we have to do is I got to be better. No, my friend be different. That's going to give you the edge hmm. in a crowded market is how can I be different from everybody else? And what everybody else is saying, how can I come with a different message, a different angle, a different perspective, still ultimately helping people get to the same outcome. I'm just doing it in a different way. And that's where we've been able to really build a lot of traction. So yeah, pray for your future spouse. Because Can I ask on that? Because I think this is a great idea. When you think about being different, what are some areas that you draw from to create that difference? Like, is it, do you look at their personality? Do you look at their style? Do you look at what the market's saying? Like, what are some like practical frameworks or just frameworks that you use to go like, how do we be different and actually stand out and cut through the noise? Yeah. So this is definitely something that we've done our very best trying to teach our students how to unlock in their markets. And you know, this theory is the blue ocean strategy, right? Mm, yes. It's how do we find that blue ocean in our market? So for me, it is very much a mixture of the avatar and it's a mixture of the outcome. And then it's a mixture of your unique position and your unique story. And then now how do you bring those three things together? But then here's the other part, bro, that I'm learning is super key is language. A lot of times we just want to go out and say what everybody else is saying. If you can can figure out a way to uniquely position your program, your product, your idea, and just say it differently. It may be the same exact thing, but you just say it in a way that sounds different and new and fresh. You don't even need to have a fresh new revelation. I don't know whatever you want to call it. You just got to have a good vocabulary. Like literally I will, here's my track. You want to give, I'm giving you, this is right now we're 30, 40 minutes into this thing, y'all. This one is worth millions of dollars right here. All right. So one of my ways of getting good vocabulary or getting good ideas for challenges, for products, for programs. And y'all, if Colin was to ask me the name, the names of all the stuff that we've launched, everything is iconic to me in my mind. I'm like, you know, from our, we have a program called Leader School, you know, we have Program Profit and Purpose Academy, Restore University, you know, you know, Everyday Seminary. Like we have a lot of cool program names and majority of them come from me going to one place and just scrolling. And it's not Stealing is getting inspired. Go to amazon.com and just read book titles. Mm. And my friend, when I tell you, you go through book titles long enough, probably similar in your market, you will get some names and some some adjectives and some verbs that you're like, oh, I can put that together with that, 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 and then that. And then you've created magic, my friend. And so that's one of my little secrets that I teach my audience is to go on Amazon and just read book titles. And that will help inspire fresh vocabulary, fresh words. And then you marry some book titles together and you'll be amazed what you can come out with in regards to really coming up with really strong webinar titles, challenge titles, and even your program titles. Mm, that's, that's really cool. I love that idea. Something really practical that people can use. Um, so tell me about your, the, the membership that you built. Um, and what that, yeah, what that looks like to make it a great membership to, for people to want to join, like what, what are the, some of the content? Because we have a lot of people who are listeners who run memberships. Um, how do you make a great membership? 
Man, great question. So I would definitely say for us, number one um, is, you know, culture is probably the thing that I would say makes like you really got to know who you are when you create a membership. I feel like when you create digital courses or coaching programs, culture is important, but nowhere near as important as it is when you create a membership, because you're literally trying to create lifelong customers and we don't even consider our people lifelong customers when you come into our membership we consider you family right mm -hmm. so it's like how do i treat you like a family member and one of the key ways to build a successful family is to establish great culture in your family how do we behave in this house how how are we gonna rock in this house? <laughs> now you may go out to somebody else's house and you may go over there to the house but when you come in my house this is mm -hmm. how you know so it's immediately i'm sorry i had to get you know I, I my black it. mama came out I love, right there, it. I love it mate. i love it so when you're creating a membership you gotta know what type of culture you want to create mm -hmm. And in our onboarding call, we infuse our culture to our people of this is what you can expect from us. Here's what you can expect from the community. Here's the standards. Here's what we accept. And man, when you do that, it immediately releases this family feel that we just can't be in here and do whatever we want to do. We had, there's a way of operating in this place that establishes a standard. And you'll be amazed. Some people will leave because they'll realize like, is this really for me? But then those who are like, I need this in my life. I want this in my life. You're immediately creating a connection and a stickiness that those people will stay. We have members that have been with us for three, four years because we tell them we don't want you to leave until you're married. So, and then even when you do get married, we have stuff that we want you to continue on because we got to make sure your marriage is successful. You're creating what we call a life cycle business. And that's how membership should be, where you create a life cycle to solve mm. their problems forever, right? So number one is culture. Um, number two is definitely going to be sticky content, right? So we definitely believe in having that like evergreen, already established path in your membership of this is the framework that you're working through in the membership and having that established. So us, it's it's get whole, get a date, get married. Like that's the three phases of our program. And that content is already built out. And we've already, in, we've already indoctrinated them into that framework, into that journey. This is where we're going together, y'all, as a people. And this is where we're headed. And then you have the you know, bonus content that we do once a month, you know, masterclasses. This is where you can get yeah. creative with that. But one of the cool things that we do do once a month is in the masterclass, we do break out after each class and let them discuss and talk and have nice. community there. Yeah, um, like and then another one that? like just in breakout rooms on Zoom and stuff like that. Bro, it's so easy yeah. today. That's something so we good. couldn't do three, four years yeah. ago. Um, and another one, y'all, that you'll be amazed with that keeps our membership fresh is really broadcasting new people joining. When hmm. you do do a big launch, you want your old members to see that there are fresh people and new people coming in mm -hmm. because those people are excited. And it, and I know not everybody here probably listening in as our believers, but I know if you are a believer, like the concept of when someone freshly gets saved, it's just like, wow, I remember that. I remember when I, well, I remember, wow, I'm not as excited like I used to be like how, and what it does for your mm -hmm. old members, it, it almost re-energizes. Re yeah, it them. does, doesn't it? Yeah. So that's something that we do really well once a month is creating a list of, Hey guys, once a month on our membership, on our masterclass call, we want to welcome our new members, y'all shout them out, you know, and we do the chat room and merely make them feel invited, but also it makes our new old members be like, man, it's super mm. cool. So those are just some cool things, man, that we do for our membership. Mm. That's so good, man. So good. Um, so moving, I know you've grown your, you grew your team quite large. 
and then you kind of reduced it down. Um, what's what's been one lesson that you've learned this year with with building a team? So I would definitely say, um, and this is for those of you that are definitely in the journey of getting to a place where you're ready to duplicate yourself. Um, don't be afraid to pay well. Um, don't be afraid to pay well and get good people. And my philosophy basically became, I rather have, you know, 10 solid people who are making great money than 30, 40 people who are making average money. And that's the philosophy that we kind of adopted was I rather just pay a group of people extremely well than trying to have this massive team of 40, 50 people and them all doing one thing versus a team of five to 10 that are just like extremely skilled and committed to the company mm -hmm. that um, are seeing really great, you know, benefits to being here. And so from a financial standpoint, um, so one of the big things that we do, man, on our indoctrinate in onboarding call with our team is we ask them, what's your dream? Hmm. Um, what's your dream? What it, how can I, connect your dream for your life to the dream of this company. Hmm. And I want you to see by helping this company accomplish its dream, that it's helping you to accomplish your dream. When you can do that, man, you just create such a commitment from your people because they now see how helping the company succeed helps them succeed ultimately. But you'll be amazed at how many people don't have language for what they actually dream and desire to do in life. Like, I'm not scared of people coming in and saying, Jamal, I want to have my own business one day. Hey, that's great. Cool. Let's create a plan for it because I want you to see by you doing X, Y, and Z in my company, it prepares you to do X, Y, and Z in your company. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to tell you, if you can't do this in mine, are you going to be able to really do it in yours? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, totally. So, bro, like, these are some of the things the conversations I have with my team and just very That's transparent cool. conversations and man I have team members now that have been with me for four years man um you know and one that is preparing I can see she's ready to launch very soon and I'm like hey how can we be a support to you how can we help you I see that it's coming you're ready to launch you know and I'm not scared of I think a lot of entrepreneurs we we get scared of those that are going to leave us when man that time will come so that's my encouragement with teams and growing teams mm, so it sounds like you really hold you really like kind of work with them steward them for for the season that you have them for like i mean that's how i kind of view it as is like i have this privilege this responsibility of stewarding someone's life a big core part of their life for whatever season that is that it might be a year that might be three years it might be seven years and and get to release them into the next world it sounds like you really see that as like the the philosophy and Love that, dude. We don't um, own people, man. And I think that's the piece. Yeah. Like, we don't own people. Mm -hmm. And for the time that they are with you, you said it perfectly. So how do you steward those people well um, mm -hmm. and treat them the way that you would want somebody to treat your son, your daughter, your aunt, your uncle? How do you treat them with respect, with dignity? And I believe if you over-deliver to them, they will over-deliver for you. Mm -hmm. So true. Mate, this has been amazing. We've covered some really cool content. Um uh, I've, I feel like I've asked some good questions and drawn out some gold from you because <laughs> I'm like, there's so much gold in you. I'm like, what's the best question I can ask to like draw the gold out? Cause you're, you're just a weapon. Um, and I, I've appreciated, uh, our relationship and I know that that's continuing to grow and stuff like that. I'm excited to hang out with you more moving into the future. Um, for those people who want to connect with you and follow you, you know, get involved with your stuff. What, what's the best place for them to go to? Yeah, man. So you can definitely check out my Instagram channel is one of the dominant places that show up most in regards to content. Um, we're getting ready to launch a new And that's podcast. just at Jamal Miller? At Jamal Miller. Yeah, yeah. great. 
Uh, we're getting ready to launch a new podcast called Call to the Internet. Um, very excited to really um, help more people really take their mission of building online businesses to the next level. Um, so you can definitely be on the lookout for that. And um, if you want to check out our websites, you can go if you're single, theoneuniversity.com. You can check that out. It has a lot of content there for you, those of you that are single. And, um, and then those of you that are, just want to check out what we do on the entrepreneur side, profitandpurpose.com um, is where you can check that out. So yeah, man. And then we have our spiritual growth product as well call university plus if you want to check that out you can too <laughs> so good profit and purpose.com you you own that i own Bro, it yeah that's you're, that's you're a beast <laughs> <laughs> i try my best as soon as i get an idea i'm like all right let me jump on it and uh... <laughs> it's so good mate when we uh, to finish this off um if you can imagine uh you're you're at the end of your life and and you know it is it's your funeral and people are standing around talking about Jamal. They're, they're having a conversation about Jamal and the impact he made on their lives. It's, it's your family, it's your kids, it's some clients, it's friends. But what would be your hope that they would whisper about you, that they would, they would say about you? Man, I have a phrase that I use and I pray this is enough, or maybe it's not. Um, but the phrase that I would love for people at my funeral to say is that dude lived a full life and he died completely empty. Mm. Like I want them to be able to say that I did not leave anything inside of me. Everything that God put in me, I deposited back into the world. And I left a legacy of how to truly live a life on purpose. That's what I would love people to say for me, mm. to say about me at my funeral. So good, man. Well, you're definitely living that life and uh, which is just so cool to see. Well, mate, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast and uh, make sure you guys are subscribed for more awesome content to come. See you, brother. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, bro. Why is it so hard to know what content to include in your speeches and webinars? Knowing which ideas to keep in and what to leave out is the difference between just getting claps or signing clients. If you're really serious about making your content highly persuasive, make sure to download the Persuasive Content Builder while it's still available. Go to www.persuasivecontentbuilder.com and get your step-by-step -step formula for designing and delivering content that connects with your audience and moves them to join your programs. Until then, we look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Expert Edge.